Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament passage of Matthew, the Gospel record of Matthew, and Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew and chapter number 25. We are on our downhill slide of dealing with this series of the Millennial Kingdom. We just have a few more messages left as we speak about the thousand-year reign of Christ. And through the thousand-year reign of Christ through this series, we've already talked about the things leading up to the Millennial Kingdom. We talked about the people of the Millennial Kingdom, the prisoner of the Millennial Kingdom. We've spoken a little bit about <clears throat> the conditions of the earth and how things are going to be affected. And now we get to something a little bit more specific this week. We begin to talk about the rewards and the responsibilities that we can have during the millennial kingdom. And we find this starting in a parable that the Lord Jesus Christ began to speak to his disciples to go ahead and clarify and to give them understanding of things to come in the future. And so notice with me in the gospel record of Matthew chapter 25. The gospel record of Matthew chapter 25, and if you do not mind, notice with me in Matthew 25 starting at verse 14. The gospel record of Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto the one he gave five talents, and another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And when he had received the five, he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made the other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that receiveth five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Excuse me. Verse 22. And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he that had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou wert a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went, and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, that thou hast, that is thine. 
The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I soweth not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou therefore oughtest therefore to have my, put my money with exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For every one that hath given, that <coughs> and he shall have an abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if you don't mind, as we talk about this parable, this is commonly called the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. And so if you don't mind in the Lord's help. We like to explain the parable of the talents. Let's pray if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And thank you for the wonderful morning that we've had so far and that we could come to you and that we could pray, that we could come and learn from you and that we could be equipped for more of what you would have us to do on this earth that would affect us during the millennial kingdom. I'm asking that you would order my thoughts now and let it be clear. Let it be easily understood. Let it be biblical. And let it be a help, Lord. We're just asking that most of all that you would speak to us. That you would be a help. That you would draw us to what you would have us to do. And we'd be obedient. And that we could see those things that you would have for us in the time to come. Lord, thank you for being a great God. And I ask you now, fill me with your precious spirit. That you get your own work accomplished now. I beg of you that you would do a work and that it would be you that did it. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the context of where we're reading in Matthew 25, in the context, Jesus just walked out of the temple and had pronounced judgment upon it. The people immediately begin to ask, when shall these things be? And they wanted to know more about end times things. When will the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And he begins to explain in the gospel record of Matthew chapter 24, begins to spend, uh, explain end time things dealing specifically with the Hebrew people. Then he continues in Matthew 25 and he deals with three specific parables or what we call part of the kingdom parables, that in Matthew 25 and verse uh, 1, it begins to talk about the parable of the virgins. And we've already talked about in this series previously. At the end of this, uh, we talked about, and starting in verse 31, talking about the parable <coughs> of the sheep and the goats, which we've already dealt with earlier. And so now we're returning to this kingdom parables, these parables that are dealing specifically with the things that affect from this world that's going to affect the next world. And we find another uh, parable dealing with this called the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. And so again this time frame is dealing with the rewards that is going to be carried on from this world here. That are going to be carried to the millennial kingdom. Now, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and examine some things that we find in this parable. The first thing I'd like to point out in this parable is that every man was given talent. Every man is given talent. If you don't mind, notice with me, starting at verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who hath called his own servants and delivered unto him his goods. 
And unto them he gave five talents, and unto another two, and unto another one, every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. What we see here is that these people that were receiving talents, not all of them received the same amount of talents, but everyone received talents. Now, talents is a form of money, and it's dealing with a form of money. We've dealt with a previous parable that deals with the parable of the pounds. In that parable, everyone received the same amount. But this is a different parable teaching something different. And in this parable, it's teaching about the parable of the talents. And not everyone receives the same amount of talents. Not enough uh, the same amount of money. What is it based off of what they get their talents for? Verse 15 again. And he gave one, he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So in this, what we find here is that everyone received a different talents, and it was based off of his several ability. Now, what do we mean by this? That we understand that for us, that not all of us are made exactly alike. There's no cookie cutters. Many of us have different abilities and we have different opportunities. There are many of us that have different health levels. If you could forgive a personal illustration, there was a time younger in my life before I was married that I was healthy and I had time. You know, something about being married, your time gets taken up a little bit. And I had the ability and the opportunity to sometimes knock a thousand doors a week. Now, that was a big effort and a big push. But today, my current ability, I do not have the ability to do so. You understand that all of us have different ability and we have different opportunity. And that the talents that was given was based off of every man's several ability. And it's dealing with their opportunity. For example, that many of us have different physical attributes. We have physical levels. Some of us have different ages. We're not all the same age. And so we have different abilities. And that God has also given us unique opportunities. What do I mean by that? There are some people that you will meet during your course of the day that I will never meet. I will not have the opportunity to, to witness to some of your neighbors. But you see some of your neighbors. And so each of us have a different opportunity. And have different ability. And so we're not looking at the guy who gets five talents. That's not fair. We should all be equal. Well it's not dealing with the idea of equality. It's dealing with the idea that every single one of us. Have different opportunities. And different abilities. And it is not a race against someone else. It is a race against your own abilities. And your opportunities. Are you taking advantage of what you can do. And the divine appointments God places in your path. But one thing is true is that everyone is given talent. Everyone has their own abilities. And their own <laughs> excuse me opportunities. Now, if you don't mind, let me talk a little bit about this talent. A talent is a measure of weight that was about the uh, how much a man can carry. So one talent, let's say that you had one talent of gold. One talent of gold would be the amount of gold that you can carry yourself. And so what we're talking about 
is a type of money that is worth incalculable worth. Meaning it's worth a lot. If you today had enough gold that you can carry, you would have a lot of money, right? And so what we're talking about here is not just dollars or cents. That God has given to you a talent, and maybe you could put it this way, that God has given to you enough based off of your current ability and your current opportunities. That he has given to you what you can handle with your opportunity and with your ability. And that you're not worried about what someone else does with their talent. You are trying to take care of the talent that was given unto you. What you have been given responsibility over dealing with your opportunities and your abilities. But everyone has received talents. Even people who consider themselves worthless, everyone has ability and talent. Someone who says, well, I don't have the health, everyone has ability and talent. You just have to take advantage of the opportunities that you have with the abilities that you have. Does it make sense? Everyone has ability and, and, and opportunity. Now, these talents were given by the master, and the servants were expected to use these talents for the master. So the one who, made, who had five talents, he used it wisely based off of his ability and his opportunities, and he took his five talents and made another five. There was another one who had two talents and he used the talents that he had with his ability and his opportunity and he made the most of it and made another two talents. The last one, instead of using what the master gave him, decided to hide the talent, to bury it and not to use it. Now again, we're not talking about putting money into a coffee can. That we're talking about the talent is something that, that in the ancient world, was the amount of money that you could carry. So this is something that's pretty big, something heavy. So this guy took the time to go bury in his backyard this talent, put it down, bury it, and then when the Lord comes, he had to go bury it back up. This took some work and some effort to bury the talent, to, to put it away. So he had a big opportunity, and he had big ability, and he squandered all of it and put it away. It's not a light thing. It was a big deal that he put it away. But everyone has received talent. Not only do we see that in this passage, not only does everyone receive talent, but everyone also has to give an account. Everyone has to give an account. Notice as we pick it up in verse number 19. After a long time, and notice that phrase, a long time, you know, you live on this earth for quite a while. You're not going to give an account for things that happen tomorrow. You're going to have to wait till you give an account to your master. It may be a while. And so you need to continually use your abilities and your opportunities wisely for the long haul, not for the short haul. Someone said this, that the ministry is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. You have to keep pacing yourself, keep moving forward, keep going after it. It's not a place where you stop, but it's not a place where you dash and then you say, I'm done. You have to keep plotting on it. You have to keep going after it. But after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So he that receiveth five talents came and brought another five talents. Saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. 
So with this guy came and he said, God, this is what you've given me. And I've taken the best opportunity in the, to my ability. And this is what I've got before uh, because of it. And I doubled what you have given me. I've taken advantage of that opportunity. Now let me pause here. That because everyone has their own opportunity, everyone has their own ability, you're expected to use it wisely and invest it to use it for the Lord to, so he could come back and receive what he has given. For example, when we talk about ability, we've spoken about that. That's the ability that you have. Some people may have a great ability to speak. Some of you have been blessed with a gift of gab, right? Can you use that for the Lord? Have you used that? Some of you may have been given a great talent to write well. Are you using that ability to do it well? Some of you may have the ability to sing well. Some of you may have other abilities. Some people are great at finances. Some people are great at administration. Some are great organizers. You know, are you using your abilities faithfully to the opportunities that you have been given? When we deal with the idea of opportunities that God gives to all of us divine opportunities. There are people that he sets in our path as a divine appointment that he has placed in your path for the purpose of you to witness to the person. You say, I don't see them. Oh yeah? You get stuck in an elevator with someone going up to the third floor. That's a great opportunity where they're not going anywhere to say, hey, can I give you this track? Is there something I can do to pray for you on? You know what grocery lines are for? So the person next behind you say, hey, while we're waiting, can I go ahead and give you this? Hey, you know what sending letters to the bill companies for? Send a track in. Give it to them. Are you taking advantage of the divine opportunities that God has placed in your way? Let's say they get pulled over for speeding. Well, you shouldn't have been speeding in the first place, but instead of yelling at the police officer, well, you're just profiling. You just don't like me. No, no, no. Say, thank you for doing your job. By the way, can I give you this track? You know, it could have been that that police officer needed that track so he could get saved, Right? You understand, you have opportunities that God has placed in your path all the time. Are you using your opportunities with the abilities that you have wisely? God places people in your path that for you to witness to that no one else may ever witness to him, but he's placed in your path. This is the race that we have to run. This is what God has given to us, that you will meet people that I will never meet. And, you, and I will meet people that you will never meet. We have our own opportunities and our own abilities that God has placed to us. Now, what is going to happen is that we are going to give an account for how well we have used our abilities and our divine opportunities. You know, I had a man once who weighed close to 800 pounds. Uh, and he did not have the ability to go door knocking with me. And so he said, Pastor, what do I do? I said, how about this? Why don't you, with, in your own handwriting, write out your personal testimony? And write about how you came to know the Lord as your Savior. And then here's a phone book. And you just start at A's and start mailing it to everybody on that. You know, he began to do that. And we actually got some response letters. You know what he's doing is using the ability he had. He may not have the ability that someone else may have. But he used the ability that he did have to serve the Lord. That's what we're talking about here. That you're not looking at someone else's ability. Well, I'm not healthy enough to do this. Well, what are you healthy enough to do? Well, I'm not good enough to do this. Well, what are you good enough to do? Everyone has ability and opportunity. And you can't get stuck looking at someone else's. You concentrate on your own. Because you will give an account for how well you used your ability and your opportunities. Now comes the fun part. 
we see the accounting of it. But there's a reward part of this. Notice as it goes on. As that we must give an account. Notice what happens to the man who had the five talents. Verse 20 again. So that he that received the five talents came and brought unto uh, other five talents saying Lord thou deliverest unto me five talents behold I have gained them beside five talents more now notice this verse 21 his Lord said unto him well done thy good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over a few things I will make thee ruler over many things Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now notice this. There's a couple things we want to point out dealing with the rewards. Notice the reward that the man received. He was to be ruler over many things. Now we spoke about that before. That part of the rewards that we get is that we have the opportunity to rule with Christ during the millennial kingdom. Because we were faithful over the little things that God has given us. And by the way in the light of creation and light of eternity, light of the millennial kingdom... Isn't what we have just very little? I meant we use what little ability we have for the Lord. We use what little opportunity we have for the Lord. And God said, because you were faithful in those little things, for a thousand years I am putting you to be a ruler over many things. You're going to be put in a position where you're going to rule, where you're going to help me in the government of the millennial kingdom. But notice this as it goes on, that thou shalt be ruler over many things. The Bible speaks about that there are several positions and responsibilities in the millennial kingdom. There are three specific rewards that the Bible mentions about being a ruler. It speaks about that we could win a crown. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, that parts of it, that part of being in the millennial kingdom, the reward we get is we get a crown. The Bible also speaks about that we get a throne, Revelation 3.21. Because of our faithfulness for those that overcometh, they shall receive a throne, the Bible says. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21. So that we get a crown, a throne, and the Bible speaks about in Matthew 25 verse 34, which we're there in Matthew, this is a different parable, but speak about, notice in verse 34. Then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you in the foundation of the world. That we get to inherit a kingdom. And so three specific rewards mentioned with a ruler is that we get a crown, we get a throne, and we get a kingdom. And that's part of our reward for being faithful to the opportunities and the abilities that we have. But that is not all. And here's where we're going to dive into the crux of the message. Notice with me, and once again in Matthew 25, and notice with me in verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Notice this. I will make thee ruler over many things. That's first. Second, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. The word joy here carries the idea of the enjoyment. That part of the reward that he gets is you come and enjoy what I have prepared for you in the millennial kingdom. Come and prepare for it. Which draws us to a thesis. That's a big word. Let's just make one sentence that will describe this whole message. There are some people who will enjoy the millennial kingdom more than others. 
Now in heaven, it's going to work a little bit different. We'll have no memory of this earth. We'll have no memory of the things before. We're going to be, quote unquote, equal to everyone. We don't have any memory of it. However, the millennial kingdom is on this earth just restored to Garden of Eden conditions. And there are going to be rewards based off of faithfulness. And there are some people as part of the reward, they are going to enjoy the millennial kingdom more than others for a thousand years. So part of the reward is because they were faithful to the Lord, because they were obedient to the Lord, because they used the abilities that they had wisely for God. They are going to, part of their reward is they get to enter into the enjoyment, the things that God has prepared for them, for the Lord. Now, we see this happens to the guy who has five talents. He used his abilities and opportunities wisely. He got another five talents. He was set before God in account. And God said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou been faithful in a few things. Thou shall be ruler over many things. Come and enter into the joy of the Lord. Then we see the guy who had two talents and he took his two talents and he used them wisely with his different abilities and his different opportunities. He used them wisely and the master said once again to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Thou should be ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And so we have two people here that were examples. They were faithful to the abilities and opportunities. And part of their rewards is that they became a ruler. They became part of what God is doing in the millennial kingdom, part of the structure. And then they got to have the enjoyment that God prepared for them. But that is not true for all of them. Now, here's where I need you to pay attention because we're going to hit a difficult verse in just a second. We come to the third thing here. We come to the wicked servant. The wicked servant. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in Matthew 25, as now the third servant comes up. And notice with me as he now approaches in verse number 22. He also that receiveth two talents said unto him, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other beside them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he that received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast, that is thine. So here's the last guy. He comes up and he says, here, I knew that thou were a hard man. That carries the idea that he's going to be strict. He want, he's expecting accountability, that he's going to stand before him. And he said, I didn't want to lose what you gave me. So I went and buried it. And here you go. I'm just making sure that you got back what you gave in the first place. And that's not what the master wanted at all. He made an excuse of why he didn't serve the Lord. He said, I was afraid. That was a hard man. He's given an excuse why he didn't do anything with his ability and his opportunity. Notice as it goes on in verse number um, 25. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Now notice what he described to him. First of all, he called this man wicked. Now, 
we're dealing here as we're dealing with the idea of servants. We're not dealing with lost people. We're dealing with saved people. This is what the passage is dealing with. These are servants of God. They're not being judged with their works because of sin. They're being judged off of their opportunities and abilities to serve the Lord. It's dealing with a saved person. And so here's a saved person who said, Here, I was afraid of you. I didn't want to mess up, so I did nothing. Here you go. Here's what you gave back. I didn't lose anything. And God called, or the Lord called him, Wicked. He was wicked. Why in the world would he call him wicked? It's not like he went and robbed a bank. It's not like he killed someone. He just did nothing. He didn't do anything with his opportunity and his ability. Why did God call him wicked? Well, let's see what the Bible has to say. Hold your finger here and turn with me to Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. And let's see why God called this man wicked when he didn't rob banks. He didn't kill anybody. He's saved. He's born again. He's forgiven of his sins. Why is he called wicked? Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. And notice with me in verse 11. Proverbs 24 and verse 11. Notice what the Bible says. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto their death and to those that are ready to be slain. So here it talks about if thou forbear. The word forbear carries the word picture of crossing your arms and doing nothing. Crossing your arms and ignoring the problem. If thou forbear them that are drawn unto death. If thou forbear those to deliver those that are drawn from death, if thou forbear those that are ready to be slain. So let's take a, a picture of this. Let's say that one of our precious little children decided that they were going to go play out the street. Uh, and someone wasn't watching. They're going out in the street. They go out into this main street right out here. And a truck starts coming. And you see the truck and you see the kid doesn't notice it. And you say, oh no, I can't do anything about it. And so you turn your way and don't even shout out. And you say, I'm just going to turn my back. And, and I'm going to ignore it. And that truck hits that child. Now, was you driving the truck? No. But could you have at least screamed and hollered and did something to pull them out? Absolutely. And so what happened is because they forbeared the sin of doing nothing. You understand Everyone we meet is going to eternity somewhere forever. Everyone we meet is going to heaven or going to hell. Everyone we meet is either going to have their sins forgiven or they're going to reject the offer that Jesus Christ made for them. And our job is to warn them. They may not listen, but if we warn them, then we're not guilty. If we saw that kid out there and we couldn't reach him in time, but if we at least shouted and said, Stop! Come here! Watch! We could have been doing something. But the wicked servant, the reason why he was wicked is because he did nothing. He allowed people to go to the awful place called hell and they didn't have to. He didn't warn them. He didn't say stop. He didn't put up a road sign. He didn't get in their way. He didn't do anything. He said, I just didn't want to get in trouble, so I did nothing. And so the Lord Master called him wicked. Now, what's the excuse? Remember, that other man gave an excuse. 
What is the excuse that we find in Proverbs 11 or 24? That the people that they forbear and they cross their arms and do nothing. What's the excuse they gave? Notice with me in verse 12. If thou sayest, behold, we knew it not. Here's the excuse that most Christians give. I didn't know it was my job. I didn't know that it was my job to tell people how to be warned. I didn't know it was my job to tell them not to go to hell. I didn't know it was my job to tell them to go to heaven. You understand that excuse will not work. But that is the excuse that people give. Why don't you go so winning, by the way? There's not an excuse that you can give that can cover that. Why didn't you give that track to the guy standing next to you at Walmart? Why didn't you give the track to the guy who, who was at the gas station when you paid for it? Why didn't you give the track to the waitress when you ate? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Well, I didn't know it was my job. I didn't know I was supposed to. What excuse could you ever come up with? Notice God's response to any excuse that is given. Verse number 12. <clears throat> if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul? Now again, are we dealing with saved people? We are. Doth not he that keepeth thy soul? Doth he not know it? And notice this. And shall he not render every man according to his works? The same thing we find in Matthew 25. We have a man here who had ability and opportunity that was given unto him by his master. And then when he stood before his master, he said, I didn't do anything with it. And the master's response to him is that thou wicked servant. Why is he wicked? He allowed those people to go to hell. And no excuse could come up with it because God knows our hearts. If you're saved, you can at least tell someone. You may not know all the verses, but you could say Jesus did something to me. Every one of us have a story to tell. Every one of us have a personal testimony. You may not be eloquent. You may not be practiced. But you could at least tell someone, this is what happened to me. Something happened in my life. That every one of us can tell someone about how to get to heaven. Every one of us can at least invite someone to church. Give them a track. Do something. Every one of us has the opportunity and the ability. And if we do not, the Bible says, thou wicked servant. Not because they're lost, but they're saved and they did nothing. Notice this isn't the only charge they gave him. Not only is he wicked, but notice what else that he said. Thou wicked and slothful servant. The word slothful carries the idea is lazy. He did nothing. Took too many vacation days and did nothing with it. Did nothing with his life. Absolutely nothing. He's slothful. And God said, you're slothful. You could have done something with your time. You could have done something with your opportunity. But you were too lazy to go. It wasn't a big deal for you to go. You could have went. That's what the idea of slothful is. He could have went, but he didn't. He didn't do anything with it. He said, it's easier just to bury it in the backyard and do nothing. But that was the wrong thing. Thou wicked and slothful servant. Now, again, the important thing to understand in this context here is that we're not dealing with lost people. We're dealing with saved people. That we had two examples of saved people who were faithful. And part of the rewards is that they get to be rulers and they get to enter into the joy of the Lord. They're going to enjoy the millennial kingdom. However, here's another one who's saved, been born again, forgiven of their sins, but they did nothing. They didn't warn people. They were slothful. They could have done something, but they didn't. 
Notice what happens to him in judgment. Notice with me. Verse number, uh, chapter 25 again. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 27. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money in exchangers and my coming, that I could receive it with my own with usury. Verse 27, take a little break. That the master here said, you could at least put it in the bank. You could have at least invested it. You know, there's some people that said, I refuse to go so winning. At least give to the church, give to mission, do something. So that way it could be used for the Lord. At least do something with it. But he did nothing with it. He did nothing. Now notice what happens. Verse number 28. Take therefore the talent from him. And give it unto him that hath ten talents. Well it's not fair. He's already got ten. No it's based off of can God trust you. Can God trust you. He's going to give the responsibility to those he can trust. And remember in the millennial kingdom, there's going to be cities that need to be administrated, need to be ruled. You can't have a city that doesn't have someone administrating over it. Hey, God says, I wanted to give this to you. This is what I had in mind, but you couldn't show yourself faithful. So I got to give it to someone. So let's give it to this guy over here. I trusted him. So now you're stuck without having a job in the administration of the millennial kingdom. God had a place for you, but you you couldn't be trusted with it. But that's not the worst thing. Notice as it goes on. And this is serious. Notice with me verse 29. For everyone that haveth it shall be given. And to him that hath an abundance. But from him hath not he taken away even that which he hath. We know that God doesn't give participation uh, trophies here. That what you see is that your faithfulness determines on what you have in the millennial kingdom. And that if you're not faithful to the opportunities and abilities God gave to you. You're going to miss out on what God has for you. But notice this. Verse 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servant. Now notice this. We're dealing with a saved person who was unprofitable. He did nothing for the Lord with his saved life. Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now normally we associate that phrase with hell. Because hell has been described as that. But this is not dealing with hell. That someone who's saved cannot be cast to hell. But what is it dealing with? We understand that there are some people. Who will enjoy the millennial kingdom more than others. The first two because they were faithful. They will enter into the joy of the Lord. Whereas this guy. Is going to be cast into outer darkness. Now, what does this refer to? Well, we've already talked about that in the millennial kingdom, Jesus Christ is the light. He is the light. He's the one that's going to show up. Things are going to work different, but Jesus is going to be here body. And what's going to happen is that he's going to have this administration of people who are saved, who are found their saves faithful, that he's got a job for. And then he's got this guy, put him aside. He didn't want to be faithful. I could have used him, but not. Let's just put him aside. He doesn't have any part of this. He's still in the millennial kingdom. But he set aside. That's horrible, isn't it? You know, we all probably have someone at work that we, that's so useless that we just say, sit there, shut up, do nothing. You're going to get in the way. Could you imagine for a thousand years, you're that guy. I couldn't trust you on earth. Just stand over there in the corner and just be quiet. Isn't that horrible? There's some people going to enjoy the millennial kingdom and the other. Then notice the second part of that phrase. Not only is it going to be cast in the outer darkness. Where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. This phraseology carries the idea of regret. 
for a thousand years to be over there set aside. Jesus, can I do nothing? No, just go over there. Jesus, can I? No, just sit over there. Thousand years of saying, you know what? I did nothing with my life. I should have done something, and now I'm set aside. I'm put aside. Isn't that horrible? Now, we're not saying it's not unfair. We're just saying it's horrible. Why is it horrible? Is it because God's horrible? No. It's horrible because while the person was on the earth, he had the opportunity and the ability to do something with the, for the Lord. And he did nothing. And so God said, I can't trust you. So for a thousand years, just stay over there out of the way. And for a thousand years, the guy is going to not going to enjoy the millennial kingdom as much as everyone else. Man, I wasted my life. I should have done more. Again, it's hard to describe the, the regret that he has. But do you understand that he's not going to enjoy the millennial kingdom as much as someone that was found faithful. And God says, I could trust you. Here's some responsibility for you. To for a thousand years to be the guy that I couldn't have been trusted. I didn't do anything for God. I couldn't, didn't lead people to the Lord. I didn't do anything to participate. I didn't, I didn't even help out when I could, had the opportunity. I couldn't have been trusted. And you understand there's a lot of believers. They're truly born again saved. That do nothing for the Lord. Do nothing for the Lord. You understand part of the millennial kingdom is that we get to receive the rewards based of our faithfulness to him with our ability and our opportunities. Not every one of us have the same abilities and not every one of us have the same opportunities. But every one of us, of us do have opportunities and abilities for ourselves. And we're supposed to be faithful to what God has given to us. If not, if we just let it go to waste, if we just say, I'm going to be busy about something else, I'm not going to take care of this, I'm just going to ignore it, it's going to get caught up to you in the millennial kingdom. Again, there's more to this phrase, and we're dealing with a saved person. He's not being cast into hell, set aside for a thousand years, just sit over there. Now you say, what do we do with this? Well, you need to make a determination, make a decision that with the Lord's help, you're going to take advantage of every opportunity and ability that God gives to you. Some of you may go out and go grab something to eat after service. Leave a track. Some of you have neighbors that you'll see. Instead of just waving at them, why not give them a track and invite them to church? You see that person walking in your street every day. Give it to them. When you send your bills on time, put a track into it. The bill collectors need to get saved too, right? Leave tracks everywhere. I love going to elevators when I go hospital visits. Man, put one in the elevator. Someone's got to pick that up, right? I mean, I have a, a person who says, well, I don't have the ability to speak. And when he goes to the doctor's office, he puts a track inside of all the magazines. Why not? I don't care. You say, well, what if they call you and complain? Well, they call and complain to me and I'll deal with it. I don't worry about it. I'm the pastor. It's fine. You keep passing them out. You will never get to the place where I say, you know what? You're passing out too many tracks. All right? Take advantage of your opportunities, your abilities. And then as God gives you more opportunity, more abilities, take advantage of that. But some people just need to make the decision that I'm going to take advantage of the opportunities God places in my path. That I'm going to be faithful with what God has given to me. And that you're not trying to compete against me. You're not trying to win more people to the Lord or pass out more tracks than me. Your job is to take advantage of the opportunities you have. And are you taking care of those opportunities and those abilities to your furthest thing? Again, 
the more that I study the millennial kingdom, the more that I mature as a pastor, the more that I am convinced that my responsibility is to prepare the people for the time to come. That what you do on this life matters for the next. My job is to wake you up and to say what you do matters. You don't have time to waste. Take advantage of what you have for the Lord's sake. And you'll be rewarded for it as you serve the Lord. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.